Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Joey. And I'm Mason. This is TBD Sportscast College Football. All right. We determine the most important sports topics in college football. So today we're going to talk about some bowl games. We're going to talk about the playoffs, the Heisman winner. Congratulations to Devontae Smith and the national championship with Alabama versus Ohio State. So let's go ahead and get into this. So the first and only bowl game we're going to be talking about today, the Peach Bowl, number nine, Georgia versus number eight, Cincinnati. So me being the Georgia fan, I'm going to go ahead and like jump into this. That was a crazy game with a lot of emotions. I really thought that we were not going to win that one. And then, uh, you know, Hot Pod. 100%. Hot Pod came out of nowhere. Podolesny, her kicker, kicked that. Oh, fi- I was so confused. I was like, what? <laughs> so just a little background. So our kicker for like the past three years, his name was Hot Rod. He called him that because his first name was Rodrigo. And he wore these like crazy like glasses like on the field. And, you know, because he's like half blind. <laughs> but he's a great kicker. <laughs> So, but yeah, so now they've started calling our new kicker Hot Pod because his last name is Podolesny. So, Hot Pod. And all season we were kind of like, you know, I don't know if he deserves to be having that name yet. He missed a couple field goals, but he he came through in that last, in that last field goal in that game. He missed a few field goals against Alabama, right? I think so, yeah. So. But yeah, that Cincinnati game was... uh... I, all I remember is I was watching it, and then I had to go to work, I think, during the fourth quarter or something, and all of a sudden, Georgia won it, and I was like, how the heck do you give that up? Like, Cincinnati was up how much? Like, two touchdowns or something Yeah, like it was that? two touchdowns. Yeah, like, they were controlling the game, and all of a sudden, just something happened where they just, they just choked it, and, you know, at first, I was like, oh, like, that, that group five team is kind of showing that they deserve to be there yeah be in the playoffs and then they showed that they didn't nope they couldn't they couldn't handle it so uh yeah so basically giving a rundown of the game all right yeah so let's go ahead and do like a full play-by-play the first touchdown of the game in the first quarter alec pierce 14 yard pass from desmond ritter seven to zero cincinnati with 29 seconds left in the first quarter, George Pickens, a 16-yard pass from JT Daniels, 7-7. Second quarter, here we go. Field goal from Jackpot Lesney, 37-yard field goal, 10-7. Second quarter, we had a touchdown from Cincinnati with 6 seconds left. Josh Weil, 11-yard pass from Desmond Ritter, 10-14 Cincinnati. In the third quarter, touchdown Cincinnati. Jerome Ford, 79-yard touchdown run, 10-21. In the fourth quarter, touchdown Zamir White with a 9-yard touchdown run, 16-21 Cincinnati. Field goal from Jack Podolesny, a 32-yard field goal, 19-21 Cincinnati. With three seconds left, Jack Podolesny kicks a 53-yard field goal, giving the Georgia Bulldogs the edge, 22-21 over the Cincinnati Bearcats. And then with one second to go, the Georgia Bulldogs grab a safety inside the Cincinnati goal line. 24-21, final score, Georgia Bulldogs. So yeah, that game was definitely insane. I mean, there was so much going on there. And like I said earlier, so much like just... (laughs) <laughs> raw emotion going on in that game. I was getting so mad at the Bulldogs. The defense was just not showing up. 
And, you know, we had a lot of players opt out. You know, Richard LeCount didn't play. Rich Eric Stokes, he dropped out to go to the NFL draft. And, I mean, we were, I mean, James Cook, God rest his, his father's soul. Um, you know, he wasn't there to play the game with us because his dad had just died literally the day before the Peach Bowl. So we didn't have him in our run game, which would have, you know, made this a whole different ball game. But, you know, in the end, the Georgia Bulldogs ended up sticking their ground and they came out and they got the win. They got the dub. So JT Daniels was a huge instrument in that game, just uh, leading the Bulldogs in, in so many important drives down the field during the second half. It was a great game overall. So, I mean, I couldn't be prouder of the, prouder of the boys to bring home the win and, you know, uh, go dogs. So what do you, you think, Joey? It definitely shouldn't have been a Georgia win. At least watching from the beginning of the game to about the fourth quarter, uh, it was all Cincinnati. Um, I mean, Cincinnati was showing that the the group of five teams should have been in the playoffs, and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, it was like they were a group of, ti- of five team again, you know? And, I mean, Georgia definitely played a hard-fought game, and they definitely deserved the win. I'm not going to say they didn't. Um, no matter how much I dislike the SEC or at least the arguments of the SEC, they definitely deserve that win. Georgia showed that they're a very competitive team, and next year they're going to be a, a big threat to Alabama, to LSU, to Florida, all those teams. Um, but with 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 the Peach Bowl, I, all I have to say is just Georgia won it, but also Cincinnati lost it. Yeah. If you catch what I'm trying to say, like Cincinnati was winning that game. Cincinnati had the trophy in their hands pretty much for three quarters. And just the fourth quarter, they just kind of forgot where they were at. And, you know, I think they kind of realized, hey, like we got to. I think they were playing not to lose by the fourth quarter, which a lot of teams we've noticed do that, especially last season. We noticed a lot of teams were doing that, playing not to lose. And, this season, just the, the the one time you couldn't let that happen, it happened, and Georgia came out with it with uh, with the kick and the safety. Yeah, definitely, and I got to say, too, to Cincinnati, you know, I mean, a, a great fought game, a great team. I mean, I was going into that game, you know, not thinking we were going to win it. I mean, I thought maybe we would have the edge going in a little bit, but I mean, I mean, Cincinnati came out strong. They played a good game. They just didn't finish. But I mean, yeah, they're still a great team. And and something else I got to just say about the bowl games, you know, there's a reason why we're not talking about a lot of these bowl games today is because bowl games are really not, in in a sense, fair to really judge how good a team really is, especially when it's not a playoff game, because you have so many dropouts for the NFL draft. You have so many players that are just, especially in this COVID season, just opting out of games so they don't, you know have to, you know, deal with the COVID protocols and stuff like that. And like in games like Florida versus Oklahoma, you know, Florida's, you know, missing their literally three top receivers and, you know, running backs. And same thing with Georgia. We were missing so many key players, which is why we were mainly losing the game the first three quarters. We just, you know, rallied and came back. You know, JT Daniels let us down the field and Jack Podolesny with that amazing 54-yard field goal that, you know, really won us the game. And then Aziz Ojolari in the end zone on the other side of the field, like, you know, with one second left, you know, getting that safety on Ritter from Cincinnati. I mean, just a hard-fought game. But, I mean, again, bowl games are just not a great sense of how good a team really is. So, And, I mean, the the only thing I have to say with that is, like, yeah, you can't see how good a team really is because you have all these opt-outs and stuff like that. And you can make an argument of saying you can see how good the team will be in uh, uh, next next season because a lot of their starters for next season will be uh, – 
the players who played in the bowl game because of those opt-outs and such. But you also got to realize, I mean, with Florida, with Kyle Trask being on being benched for part of the game, most of the, the second half, I believe, I mean, you see this great backup quarterback. Yeah, he's going to be a great quarterback come next season. But also you got to realize they're going to have so much more practices in between now and then. Like, you really can't judge the team from the bowl game to say that next season they're going to be good or next season they're going to be bad. But a team that I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how they uh, how they progress and how, how they turn out next season is going to be Cincinnati to see if they can still make that fight for the playoffs and see if they can change playoff history, I guess, with... Uh, a group of five team competing for the championship game. I mean, I don't even think a BCS bowl game, the BCS championship included a group of five teams. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how next season turns out with a bunch of these great teams coming in, like Coastal Carolina, uh, Cincinnati. Marshall kind of had a a rough bowl game, but they've always been one of those teams to kind of fight in there. Liberty as well. So... uh, like you said, the bowl games don't really show um, how good these teams really are, but it definitely helps their recruiting, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing these underrated teams or these teams that nobody really looks at and seeing how they turn out next season. Definitely, and uh, speaking of the championship, let's move in on to the playoffs. So first playoff game that we're definitely going to be looking at here is the Rose Bowl, number one Alabama versus number four Notre Dame. So I really don't think that any of us were very excited to see what was going to happen here. I think we all knew that it was going to be a blowout, you know, from Alabama against Notre Dame. And we didn't. Yeah. So go ahead and get in there, Joey. I mean, minus me. I mean, I was the only person I think that was arguing Notre Dame's case a little bit. I was saying that Notre Dame was going to win or going to lose. But like I was saying that it was going to be a better uh, matchup than it really ended up being. And I mean, Notre Dame showed that I was kind of right towards in the I think first quarter or first half I can't remember I stopped watching it to be honest but like Notre Dame was close for a good portion of it it was like I think 13 to 7 or something like that for a good bit and then the second half hit and Alabama just took off running uh I I just gotta say Brian Kelly just not not a championship coach I mean what he's 0-7 now and the big games and the in the in the New Year's Six Bowls, I believe. So uh, I don't know. Notre Dame was very disappointing. Definitely showed that Texas A&M deserved to be there more so than Notre Dame. Um, and I mean, they just—it's another Oklahoma case. I think Oklahoma had one good year in the playoffs against Georgia when Georgia ended up going to the championship, losing barely to Alabama. But I mean. Oklahoma and Notre Dame both have been in the playoffs, and most of the time when they've been in there, they've gotten creamed. So I, that's all I have to really say. It's not even necessarily about the game itself, but more of just it's disappointing to see that you you have multiple chances in the playoffs and you still can't wrap your head around competing. Yeah, and so with a final score of 31-14, to 14, the Alabama Crimson Tide moves on to the first spot in the national championship and when you look at these passing yards, too, from, like, Ian Book and Mac Jones, I mean, Ian Book threw 229 yards and Mac Jones threw for 297 yards, but Ian Book was the cause of no touchdowns. And, you know, Mac Jones threw for four touchdowns, most of those being Devontae Smith. <laughs> 
So it, it really comes down to, you know, like can why can't Ian Book connect with his with his receivers for touchdowns? Well, my thing is that Notre Dame has always been a run team this season. Um with Williams, I mean, he's absolutely incredible, and he's he's going to be a great running back for the next two, maybe even three years because he's a freshman uh, this year. But I mean, you, I, I I said this season one, episode one, I believe. Uh, Ian Book has never been a big passer. I think he's had one good game where he's passed, thrown thrown the ball. And I think that was against Clemson with half our starters out on defense. But the rest, I mean, it's an average of 230-something yards. Uh, What I'm thrown off about is Mac Jones and his under 300 yards passing because he's averaging around 300 to 400 yards per game. So I was impressed by Notre Dame's defense for at least holding up the pass a little bit. But, I mean, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, I mean... it's it's a three-headed monster that you really can't contain and soon to be four-headed monster in this championship game. Yeah, definitely. And so a well-deserved, you know, win from Alabama Crimson Tide, you know, really mm-hmm. would have liked to see a better game from from Notre Dame. Would have I mean yeah. personally would have really liked to see Alabama lose and cuz you know, I'm my team's in the SEC, I really shouldn't be saying that, but I don't hear I wanted Alabama to lose, but you I know, mean, at at this point like seeing how the turnout was now I, I honestly would have rather seen a third matchup against Notre Dame with Clemson and seen Ohio State face Alabama early, but possibly yeah. have a better game for there, but I don't know. For sure, so but moving on to the next playoff game. So we have number three Ohio State versus number two Clemson. And uh this was it was I mean, I know for you it was hard to watch. For me it was hard to watch. We both wanted Clemson to win. We did not think that Ohio State deserved to be there. You know, this was a you know, just a terrible game for so many reasons that we're about to get into. But I'm gonna pass it over to Joey because I know that this is a really a soft spot in his heart because you know it's Trevor Lawrence's last game and um, so many other seniors' last game. So Joey, what do you got, man? I mean, first off, I just want to say that Trevor Lawrence's video announcing that he was going into the draft honestly made me tear up because it was it was very emotional and very touching, especially as a Clemson fan and just seeing that this kid who is younger than me is going on to do absolutely incredible things uh, and going to be getting paid big. But, like, just seeing that he, he's grown up a lot and seeing him grow up a lot was is amazing and a great experience for a Clemson fan. With the Ohio State-Clemson game, I mean, there's not much to say about it. Offense was rolling early. Um, defense was there but not there um the Skalski targeting call uh, very 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 questionable I mean targeting in the rule books say shoulders and up Skalski hit him yes Skalski hit him with the crown of his helmet but was nowhere near the shoulders or helmet area of Justin Fields especially with Justin Fields sliding mid process of Skalski going in for the tackle uh, kind of caused that too uh, and turning, which caused Justin Fields to get hurt. He, I'm I'm going to say this now. Justin Fields hurt himself. Skalski did not do that. Justin Fields had every opportunity to get out of that, but he decided to slide into Skalski and turn. 
so the targeting call kind of killed us because without Skalski in there and Nolan Turner having to wait till the second half to come back in because of the targeting call also from the Notre Dame game kind of kind of screwed us over causing our offense to kind of slow down a little bit because they were always on the they were always having to be back on the field and stuff like that um so and then Notre Dame kind of started running down the clock uh Notre Dame Ohio State started running down the clock um my whole thing is not a lot of teams would have the rules changed for them just to compete in the playoff game so I still don't think it's right that Ohio State was there. Six games compared to Texas A&M's, what, 11 or 10 games in the season uh, does not match up. I mean, Texas A&M had to compete more. They had to go through the process of dealing with COVID and having players be out because of COVID and still having to play and all that stuff. I mean, the, the teams who played more throughout this season because of COVID deserved a better chance than Ohio State did because all they had to do was say our game is canceled. I mean, the game against Illinois, uh, for example, was uh, canceled just because freaking Ryan Day was out due to COVID. So I I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. But what are you going to do, right? So, yeah, since the beginning of this you know podcast, I've always liked to say that I'm the facts guy. And so I'm going to hit this with a little bit of facts since I'm not as emotionally invested. Mm Mm-hmm. Ohio State should not have been in this playoffs Mm -hmm. for the simple reason of you literally put up a team who only played half a season against a team who had to go through the entire COVID ring, had to go through the entire COVID season, lost their starting quarterback and other players to COVID through the season, and then you put those two teams together? That's not fair. That's why I've been saying the entire time that Ohio State should not have been awarded a playoff spot. They didn't earn one. They didn't play a whole season. They shouldn't have been there in the first place. So how is it fair that you're going to put up a team who literally started in October versus a team who started in September, a team that played six games versus a team that played 11 games? But not only that, a team that played six games within the span of two months and a team that played 11 games over the span of four months. That's not fair. It doesn't equal up. I mean, you like physically and mentally, those were two different teams. One that was strained from an entire season and one that was not. So all these Ohio State fans can say and can come out and say that, you know, oh, well, we beat, you know, one of the best teams in the country because we are, you know, the best team in the country and blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, I mean, yeah, sure, but you can say that all you want to, but it doesn't have any meaning behind it because you literally only had six games under your belt and then played a team with 11 games under their belt that has been playing for four months, and you've only been playing for two. So Look, uh, and I'm going I'm to say this now just to kind of put this out against the Ohio State fans out there, especially my brother-in-law and stuff like that. Y'all, I don't care, honestly. This is, what, the sixth playoff that Clemson has been to? Um... I mean, come on. How many championships have we been to as well? Look, I'm just happy that we made the playoffs. I'm just happy we were able to play this season. I'm just happy I was able to watch my Clemson Tigers compete this season and to see Trevor Lawrence play through his last season at Clemson before he went off to the NFL. I'm just happy and grateful that, although due to the pandemic and such, 
I was still able to look forward to something and have this podcast to talk about that. And, you know, I don't care that Clemson lost. Guys, look at it. Clemson's number one in NCAA soccer. Clemson's number 19 currently, the highest ranked ACC basketball team in the country right now. Uh, they're 24th in baseball right now. I mean, and number two in football. Do you really think a loss in football is going to kill me? No, because guys, I I watched the game where Kyle Parker lost to Indiana in a bowl game. You know, that sucked, but you know, we kept moving on. I watched the game where we lost to West Virginia 73 to nothing. You know what? I still moved on. I watched the game where Taj Boyd killed Braxton Miller. You know, I kept going. Clemson has only lost to Ohio State one time, and I'm not going to go crying, rolling on the floor because of it. Ohio State fans, enjoy your win. Congratulations. Because you ain't Uh, getting one against Bama. Yeah, I mean, look, you're not going to beat Bama. And, you know, (sighs) congratulations, you know, but... When it comes down to it, is it going to happen again? Probably not, because everybody has learned this season. Pissed off Clemson is not the Clemson you want to face. I am sorry for Georgia to be the first game that Clemson has to f- to play, because Clemson's pissed, y'all. I don't. I don't want to talk about it. And you know, just just the things that I'm hearing from people. I mean, come on, guy, you're. Some people are purposely trying to hurt me and hurt my feelings because of a football game. Although we do a podcast on football, I don't care. I don't. Because you know what? I still have my podcast about NBA. I still have my podcast about college basketball. I root for teams that suck. It's coming soon. All this content yeah, is coming all soon. Yeah, all, all coming soon. I root for teams that suck. Not going to lie. But I'll still root for them. Keep pounding. Go Panthers. All in. Go Tigers. I mean, go Braves. Chop on. I mean, the New York Rangers, I don't think, has won a game for the past season and a half, I feel like. So, come on. Really? And the Miami Heat are currently on a negative record. So, come on. But anyways, that's my little tangent. I mean... Ohio State, congratulations. Good luck in the championship. I'm rooting for Bama. Uh, But uh, congratulations for the win. Stop trying to beat me down because we lost. Because guess what? We'll just be back next year. That's all I got to say. So we're about to move a little bit more into the national champion in just a second. But first, we got to move into the Heisman Award. So, you know, we had our four finalists. Mac Jones from Alabama. Devontae Smith from Alabama. Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, and Kyle Trask from Florida. Our winner ultimately came out to be Devontae Smith, a wide receiver. The first time that a wide receiver has won this award since the early 90s. Since Desmond Howard. One of the best college wide receivers ever from Michigan. And now we've seen one of the best college wide receivers from Alabama in in the 2020s. In, in my I don't opinion. know if he was the best. I don't think he's the best Bama wide receiver. I'm not going to lie. 
y'all y'all can go on our Instagram and comment and let us know what y'all think. But I mean, if you look at it, Amari Cooper, Julio Jones, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, come on, one of the best. Fine, one of the best. One of the best. One of the best wide one receivers to ever best. come through Bama. So nice. I know Joey did not agree with this. I kind of agreed with it. I really ultimately thought it was. I wanted it to be Kyle Trask because I thought he really deserved. It. I thought he had a great season. Ultimately, I thought it was going to be Mac Jones, but it actually came down to being wide receiver Devontae Smith from Alabama. So, Joey, I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, talk a little bit about this. Uh, well, hang on. I'm pulling up the stats, but I'll go ahead and start off with this. Uh, the Heisman Award was made to go to the best college football player in the country. And if you ask anybody, and I mean anybody, who that is... They will name Trevor Lawrence. I mean, if 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 I were to go up to you and ask you, like, without thinking about it, who who do you choose to be the to be the best college football player? Who do you want on your team? Half the people would say Trevor Lawrence, without a second guess. I mean, who are you really going to say a wide receiver? Is a wide receiver going to lead your team? I mean, they can, but. No, but I mean, you look at this and like Trevor Lawrence came second in the Heisman, which is no surprise. But the only surprise there was that I really thought Trevor deserved to win because, again, Heisman should go to the best player in the country. Excuse me. And that's Trevor Lawrence. But I mean, third, I believe, was uh, Mac Jones and then Kyle Trask being fourth in the Heisman voting. I mean, did anybody see that coming? I mean, did you see Mac Jones going over Kyle Trask? No. I'm, uh, I'm still back and forth about it because all season I've been saying that Kyle Trask, I mean. I mean, if you want he, my 4-1, to one, my 4-1 to one really was Trevor Lawrence for Devontae Smith at 3, Mac Jones at 2, Kyle Trask at 1, personally. Yeah, I mean, all season I've kind of been like, against Kyle Trask, but I've also been against Mac Jones. And I mean, I, I, that could, I'm back and forth with it, but I think Kyle Trask deserved to be over him. The reason that I did not think that Trevor Lawrence deserved the award was simply because of the amount of games. If we were basing it on career, like over the past two years, absolutely that man would be Heisman, like number one. But if we're looking at, you know, the season, I mean, Trevor was out for a couple games. He didn't play that great against Ohio State. Now I know we're looking at regular season, so, but still, I mean, like I just don't think that that he had a great last season, in my opinion. I mean, you also got to look at it though, and, and a lot of people have been saying this, and I 100% agree. If Trevor played those two games, he would have been the Heisman winner. Yes, see, I I actually agree with that. Like that's like one of my main points is because he didn't play those two games, and then COVID made him out for like another three or four games. So, two games. Took away Trevor Lawrence's Heisman Trophy. I I I, I mean think, no, I mean it I really think, sucks, but that's just COVID, dude. That was COVID. Yeah, I mean that's COVID, but like, you know, I just I just uh, it's just one of those things where I I don't find fair because if he's if he's the best player to the point where before those two games he was the best player, he was the light, the the front runner, and then he's out for two games because he has to be. He's he, because of the rules, he has to be out. I mean, I, I don't find that fair to take him out. You know, they took him out of the top four for 
because of those two games. He had to work himself back in, you know. I mean, Justin Fields took it over. Najee Harris took over. I think there were three Bama players and Justin Fields, and then Kyle Trask was right behind Trevor Lawrence, and all of a sudden Kyle Trask and Trevor Lawrence were having to work themselves in, you know, and I just don't think that's right. But, you know, I'm not going to take away credit where credit is due. Devontae Smith was absolutely incredible this season. He's going to be a high draft pick, and whoever takes him is going to be lucky. I mean, he's going to be the next C.D. Lamb, really, for the NFL. Uh, whoever takes him, he's going to be a, a a number one a number one choice in the wideout position. But I think he's the top wide receiver pick uh, in the NFL draft. So we'll 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 see how it turns out. But in my opinion, Trevor Lawrence should have won it. But you know, he didn't. So just like the Ohio State game, I'm not going to cry over it. Trevor Lawrence is going to be number one pick in the NFL, and you know what? He's going to be making more money than I am, so <laughs> I, I, I could care less. The Heisman Trophy doesn't necessarily mean anything once you get into the NFL. Facts. So, yeah, big congratulations to Devontae Smith, well-deserved award, and uh, wish you luck in the NFL, buddy, and in the National Championship in a couple weeks. So, moving in now to the National Championship, we got number one Alabama versus number three Ohio State. Well, I mean, it's kind of like I said, I really don't agree with Ohio State being in there in the first place. I think if anybody can beat him, it's Bama. I think that Mac Jones has way too many weapons downfield. I think that he's going to be throwing to Devontae, throwing to Mechie, giving the ball to Najee, and I don't think the Ohio State defense is going to be able to stop the pass. They're definitely not going to be able to stop the run. I mean, they are going to be all over that field <laughs> running after Devontae and running Waddle after Waddle is going to be in. And we might see Waddle, too. So, I mean, I mean, you have a triple threat, you know, pass option here with you know Devontae Smith probably Jalen Waddle and John Mechie I mean it's going to be I mean it's going to be a no contest I mean sure I mean you've got you know Olave downfield for Justin Fields but I mean that's it I mean you don't have much much else for Justin and I mean the only thing that I could possibly see Ohio State having the edge over there is that Ohio State may be over to overpower the Bama defense the Bama defense isn't the best defense in college football. They've still got a great defense. Like, don't get me wrong. But that is, like, the one thing that I could see, possibly, Ohio State having over Bama. Yeah, I mean... But, ultimately, my pick is going to Alabama. Not only do I want Alabama to win, I think they're going to win. I really don't think that Ohio State can do it. And if they do, honestly, if, if you really want my opinion, I think if Ohio State wins this, I really don't think it's a legitimate win. Just because of everything that I've said about them, you know... The you Big put Ten, the asterisks there. Yeah, the Big Ten and and Ohio State, you know, basically trying to bully all the conferences at the beginning of the season into not playing. And then when all the conferences said, nope, we're still going to play anyway, the Big Ten said, oh, we want back in. They came in in October. Ohio State only played five games before the conference championship. The Big Ten changed the rules just for them alone so they could play in the conference championship. They ended up winning it. They go to number three in the rankings. They play a, you know, Full full season beat up Clemson team beat them by twenty points and then now they have a spot in the in the championship so no if they win this it's it's simply because of that it's not a legitimate win and you know you know good luck to Bama I hope I hope you guys win so yeah I mean I I think Bama wins this I think it's going to be an offensive matchup for sure both teams I mean Ohio State's got a defense not going to lie Ohio State has a decent defense with their cornerbacks. 
but um, I think Alabama's offense is just overpowering. I mean, you look at it, and Notre Dame planned to double-team Devontae Smith and still couldn't do it. Yeah. You know? I mean, Najee Harris ran all over him, which Notre Dame is a great run defense. Like, they, they're good at defending the run, and yet they could not defend the run because they were double-teaming Devontae Smith. And then you put in Jalen Waddle. So you got to worry about him. So you can't double team Devontae Smith. If you double team Devontae Smith, you have Waddle open. If you double team Waddle, you have Devontae Smith open. You got Najee Harris open. You got Mac Jones who can run. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's nothing that the Ohio State defense can do there, you know? And uh, I think when it comes down to it, Ohio State's offense has three, three maybe f- you can argue four threats. They got two good running backs a good wide receiver, and a good quarterback. But that ain't going to do nothing when you're having to play catch-up, you know? I mean, Clemson's experienced it. Notre Dame's experienced it. A lot of teams have experienced it. When you're playing catch-up, you can't win. It's hard to win. So, Yeah, that's for sure. So. But ladies and gentlemen, that's our podcast. Thank you so much, and uh, we're so glad that you have joined us. We hope you're excited for more content, and uh, we will definitely see you next week. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Joey. And I'm Mason. This is TBD Sportscast College Football. See you next week. Bye-bye. Later.